to episode number 13, Building Optimal Radio. I'm Jared Gossett. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that probably doesn't get as much attention as it should, and that is preventing fraud in your company and specifically preventing billing schemes in your company. Believe it or not, billing schemes are actually the primary culprit for fraud in the construction industry, so it's especially relevant. And leading the discussion today, this is going to be a little bit of a different format in that uh, a gentleman named Nathan Owen, who is a CPA, he's actually my CPA, he is going to be running with a dialogue, so it's not going to be interview style, but uh, he's going to run with this dialogue informing us on exactly uh, what we can do to prevent that in our own companies. Tell you a little bit about Nathan. I came across him a year ago, more or less, and I was looking for just an outsourced bookkeeper at the time, but somebody who uh, could also serve as like outsourced kind of CFO and provide some higher level guidance. Nathan offered that service within his company, and uh, we hit it off. He knows a ton about home building uh, accounting and construction accounting, and he has quite the background in it. He was, uh, prior to launching his own firm, he was a uh, CFO for a large construction company and has a, uh, a long resume. Today, he has Vine Financial Partners, which we'll link to if you're interested in learning more about his services. But anyway, I will quit rambling. And with that, we're going to turn it over to Nathan. Thank you, Jared. I appreciate the introduction. You know, there are many challenges facing small contractors today. And uh, in my experience, the two most consistent, I'd say, concerns are managing cash flow and implementing internal controls. I guess for all the non-accounting majors in the audience, internal controls are ways that we ensure that you know, your accounting is accurate and prevent fraud, which is uh, you know, often a concern in small office settings, uh, which typically contractors would reside in, where they may only have a single person handling the finances, such as a bookkeeper or an administrative person. Today, I'd like to quickly touch on a topic that hits both of these concerns. Best practices for accounts receivable. Accounts receivable is one of the many functions that requires internal controls, and believe it or not, (laughs) receiving money is vitally important for your cash flow. (laughs) Every best practice is written down. You may have a turnover in your company. You may have someone out on vacation or sick. And how do you fill that role without sacrificing consistency? Here's how we do things, and we want to stay consistent across the board with them. Simply having your processes written down makes a huge impact. Few contractors are blessed to have a proactive controller or CFO who takes the time to write up a full accounting policies and procedures manual. However, that is one of the, uh, the first places I always like to start when I'm engaging a new client. If you have employees and uh, you've ever heard the excuse, uh, well, no one told me to do that or no one showed me how to do that, then you may appreciate the tool that is the accounting policies and procedures manual. <laughs> it may uh, prevent many of these conversations with employees. A manual may be as detailed as you like. It may uh, cover a few simple things, such as, you know, when is your cutoff for subcontractors? 
to provide invoices for a billing cycle or uh, make a copy of the check before depositing. Just simple things like that. You could get more detailed, even including your criteria for issuing lien notices based on how long you've done business with your customer. But it's not always necessary to get that complex. Starting with a new customer, I guess that's the best place to start. Are you and your staff gathering all the necessary information uh, that you need for invoicing up front? If you send an invoice, is it going to reach the correct contact person? If you run credit for your new customers, are you making sure the credit application is approved, references are called, proper limits are in place? Uh, Do you have a copy of the contract on file? Are your terms different for a new customer versus a reoccurring one? Are all these questions satisfied before you begin work? This may sound like an extreme attention to detail, but what it provides is consistency in your organization. Anyone who has been out on their own for any length of time should probably realize the need for routine practices. There are plenty of small contractors who forget to issue an invoice timely. I've seen large Invoices go unpaid for weeks because they were sent out to the wrong department. The last thing you want is to give your customer an excuse for late payment. But having a strong, consistent foundation of information with each customer prevents many of these problems. Do you have a written criteria in place for you know, how your customer pay apps should be generated If you are large enough to have multiple project managers, are their methods generally the same as a general contractor? Primarily, you're going to look at cost to date based on subcontractor invoices received and compare those costs to your total estimate. That's going to determine your percentage of the contract that gets billed at any given time. Uh, Where this gets hairy, from what I've observed, is when some jobs have added fluff, quote unquote fluff which I believe is a construction industry term. Do your managers consistently include a portion of the fluff in their pay app? Even if there are no costs, if not, your final invoice may be inflated uh, and cause your customer to sort of question your estimates. And uh, no one wants to get a bad reputation in this business, but, you know, consistent procedures for billing can prevent these sorts of situations from happening. If you have an admin person or bookkeeper on staff that prepares pay apps, make sure they line up with reality. We accountants are blessed to live in air conditioning. We often rely heavily on the input of those who are out in the field. When I was a CFO for a large regional general contractor, I would often uh, check the percentage of completion calculation before finalizing a pay app. Often, if it looked like an invoice may be missing, it probably was. I would have to go to the project manager and make sure that all subcontractor invoices were in the system. Of course, this was me going above and beyond the call of duty. I was not required to run this calculation or confront the project manager if I saw a problem. If you employ people with, uh, let's just say, less than proactive personalities, it may be helpful to include these checks and balances in your manual. Are all your pay apps going out timely? If not, you shouldn't expect to get paid timely. Setting expectations for your subs to have their invoices in by a cutoff date. Some general contractors do not pay their subs until they are paid. Others do. Either way, there's going to be some costs such as payroll, rent, utilities, taxes, 
these can't be delayed because you haven't received a payment yet from your customer. But, you know, striving for consistency and making sure everything is written down, that can really save you here. Uh, I want to talk about collections a bit. Collections are usually a difficult topic to nail down for contractors. You know, often you're going to have a double standard for your long-term customers, you know, your friends, your family, people you've done business with a long time. They may be your close friends, relatives. You're probably going to extend more lenient terms to them than you would to new customers. So it may be difficult to sort of write all this down, but start with some basics. Nearly every software package for accounting or construction features an accounts receivable aging report. This is going to show you every pay app issued by customer and categorized into columns for current 30, 60, 90 days past due. Make sure this report is a regular part of your weekly staff meeting. Or, you know, if you don't have a staff meeting, make sure it gets circulated to the correct people. We want to ensure that project managers, accounting staff, other authorized people are all aware when a pay app is passed due. You know, so long as this is a regular written procedure, all other collection procedures can be more or less informal. Maybe a phone call will be enough for this customer, or maybe a lien notice is in order for another. These sort of discretionary collection decisions are acceptable, but you know, they only work when you're formally aware that there is a collection issue. If applicable, you may ask your admin staff to document when there is a collection issue. This is a great practice to have. If a customer is consistently late, it may be an indication that there's a potential financial problem. If you anticipate the customer may default on his contract, you could just throttle back on that job until the customer can get their affairs in order. Also, uh, some customers become return customers. You never know. But uh, we... If you hire a new estimator, are they going to know that that customer was consistently 60 days late on payments? Will they know to build additional fluff <laughs> you know, into the contract in order to cover that habitual late payer? You know, probably not unless your staff was instructed to track this information by your accounting manual. A few other notes on collections I have here. Construction industries generally filled with people of varied temperaments, I guess we could put it nicely. So if you're going to start the collection process off with a friendly phone call or note, yeah, don't put your hot-headed uh, project manager in charge. Also, if you're willing to accept alternative forms of payment, make sure to uh, document when where those payment forms might be acceptable. I'm not talking about Bitcoin here. Uh, I'm saying, you know, if, if you were expecting cash or a check, Maybe you'd be willing to pay a credit card fee in order to prevent a further collection problem. Speaking of payments, if you're going to uh, encounter fraud during the accounts receivable process, it's most likely going to be in the area of accepting payments. Do you accept cash payments for work? Are your employees authorized to take cash as well? Are they the same employees who are writing the pay apps or invoices for the work performed? You know, accepting cash is just riddled with the possibility of fraud. Payment diversion is what they call one common form of fraud, which involves cash. That's where an employee receives full payment, pockets a portion, and then adjusts the invoice to match the lower payment. Even if you don't take cash, you may encounter other serious issues. In a small office setting, does a single person, other than the owner, have access to the accounting software, make the deposits, have signing authority on the account? 
you know, a crafty person may take cash back on a check deposit and then just adjust the pay app after the fact. If you're an especially popular employer, you may encounter something called a collusion (laughs) where two or more employees coordinate a, a scheme to skim cash off the top and, you know, they can cover their tracks in the accounting software. Statistically, I'd say fraud is uh, perpetually less by people with motive and more by people with opportunity. You've probably heard that before. Sometimes even law-abiding citizens, uh, they succumb to the temptation, you know, if they're given enough opportunity. As an employer, it's it's really your responsibility to maintain a system of controls that's going to rid your environment of this temptation, at least as much as possible. Let them know that you're watching, not because you're distrustful of your employees, but you know it's just good business. It's good business practice. You know, monitor your bank reconciliations, compare them to deposit logs, check original pay apps, copies of the check or check stubs. In extreme cases of fraud, someone who makes the deposits make it a like a DBA and open an account in your company name. You know, if no one's verifying the legitimacy of your accounting records. This could go on until you're out of cash, closing your doors (laughs) and just kind of wondering where it all went wrong. Always compare total payments received to the contract. Verify that change orders and other contract changes in the system were actually received and signed off by the customer. Separate duties as much as possible. If you deal in cash, don't let the person making the deposit also record the deposit in your software. Even if you don't deal in cash, make sure that the person making the deposit cannot receive cash back. You know, be wary of any one employee having full control over the entire accounting system while also having access to customer payments. You know, simply uh, adding layers to your accounting staff is one way to avoid any one person having too much control and opportunity to conceal transactions or cover their tracks. Adding a fractional CFO like myself, uh, for instance, (laughs) that's a great deterrent. If an admin person or in-house bookkeeper, if they know that a CPA or, or even a team of CPAs trained in fraud detection is going to be performing regular checks for fraud, what do you think happens to the likelihood that that person will attempt anything? their opportunity for fraud has basically disappeared in their minds. So, you know, it's back to work as usual. If your system allows, uh, I'd say create override passwords known only to you. In certain situations, an override might be required. For instance, if someone's wanting to adjust a paid invoice or a negative change order. Some other helpful things to include in your policies and procedures regarding accounts receivable would be Proper handling of lien releases upon sending pay apps and receiving payments. Also, if you pay state sales tax, make sure that you have processes in place to document deposits. Sales tax audits are a, a whole lot easier when the documentation is all organized and easily accessible. I really can't go over every situation your company may encounter in, in the receivables process or uh, you know, touch on every type of fraud that may occur. However, you know, my goal is to direct your thinking and start looking for where you can improve efficiency by uh, creating processes that are consistent. Also, uh, do some research into common areas where fraud can occur and make sure that you have safeguards in place to prevent it. 
The sad truth that I've encountered is if a business owner suspects something may be a bit off, they're usually right. So protect your company, protect your customers, protect your employees from themselves uh, by having good internal controls. I encourage all contractors to have an accounting policies and procedures manual customized to their business. If you can afford it, have an internal control and fraud audit performed. If you think there may be uh, holes in your organization, these are the types of services my team and I provide. These sorts of services typically require a physical visit to a client's office. So we usually restrict these types of engagements to uh, our home state of Texas. There's lots of other fractional CFO services like my own. Also, these sorts of services may be available from your local CPA. Jared, I wanted to just thank you again for allowing me to share with your listeners uh, while shamelessly plugging my own company here. If you'd like more information, you can visit us at uh, finefinancialpartners.com. Thank you again, Jared. Jared.